the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Thanks for listening to the Town Hall Review with Hugh Hewitt podcast, bringing to you the best voices on the stories and issues that matter. Helping make it all possible is the generous partnership with the Pepperdine Graduate School of Public Policy. Here's another piece I'll trust you enjoy. Joined by my long and dear friend, Dr. Albert Moeller. He is president of Southern Baptist Theological Seminary in Louisville, Kentucky. He's also the author of a brand new book, The Gathering Storm, Secularism, Culture, and the Church. Now, I don't blurb a lot of books uh, because to blurb a book, in all honesty, uh, you've got to have read it. You've got to know what's in it. So when I blurb on the back of The Gathering Storm, be worried Be very worried, but don't be paralyzed. Read, think, pray. Start with this book and with everything Al Mohler has to say. I'm very serious about wanting you to go out and pick up The Gathering Storm, if you are a Christian. Now, a lot of it will not make sense to you if you're not. And there are better books by Al Mohler if you're a non-believer, like the Apostles' Creed. And there are... Things you can do with Al Mohler, like listen to his daily podcast, The Briefing, and Thinking in Public. There are many, many ways to drink deep at Al Mohler's well. And we're going to bring you him shortly via Skype. I think we're having a little trouble connecting. But in The Gathering Storm, he just paints what is a pretty grim picture. Now, I've got a very well-thumbed, annotated copy here, and I'm waiting to go over it with him. But the bottom line is the trends in the culture— Not the political. This isn't about the election next Tuesday. These are about the trends in the culture. And the gathering storm lays it all out and lays down specifically three challenges for Christian parents, which I want to read to you while we wait for Al. Uh, Very, very specific challenges to Christian parents. And uh, I want you to get first. Christian parents must view church as the highest and utmost priority for their family's weekly schedule. And that's That's going to be jarring to some people. They don't do that. They go, they take their children, they sometimes take a week off to go to a soccer match or whatever. They don't think, they think of church as necessary, but not their highest priority. And Dr. Mueller says, it's got to be your highest and utmost priority. Second, and this is gospel to me, Christian parents need to be serious about the effects of technology, screen time, and social media. And I just believe that in my heart to be true. Finally, Christian parents must endeavor to fill their homes with the fragrance of the gospel. Now, that, those occur on pages 140 to 141, but they're the lead. All right, so if you have young children in your home, you've got teenagers in your home. Maybe you haven't done this yet. Don't guilt yourself. Just change yourself. Uh, Al writes, fear can paralyze even the most courageous and convictional person out there. He's right. But what Dr. Mueller also does, just lay that specifically, it's hard not to respond to the specific challenge to view church as the highest and utmost priority for your family's weekly schedule. 
I just wonder if anyone out there actually does that. The clergy clearly do because they got to be there. But I and, you know, growing up, it was not an option. We were going to mass and my dad was going to First Presbyterian Church of Warren, Ohio. And that's the way it was just it. There was a routine. It was Sunday morning and it happened. And we raised our three children the same way. They're out of the house now. They are themselves churchgoers, but we did it the same way. But it wasn't, I don't even think I can honestly say it was our highest and utmost priority. But then again, the culture when my kids were young wasn't the same kind of culture. I'm joined now by Dr. Moeller. Good morning, Al. How are you? Good morning, Hugh. I'm doing great. Good to talk with you. You're in the greatest private book collection in America. I've been there. I smoked a cigar in my cigar smoking days with you. Has it grown? It grows all the time, I must tell you. Yeah. One day grow. one day I'm going to read a book that Al Mohler hasn't read, and I'm going to be happy. Dr. Moeller, I was reading while we waited for you from this what I thought was the takeaway. I didn't want to bury the lead. Your three admonitions to Christian parents. They must view church as the highest and most urgent priority in these times. They've got to be serious about technology. They have to fill their home with the fragrance of the gospel. Is that the most important part of this book? You know, when it comes right down to what uh, Christian parents have to do in raising children, that has to be the most important part of the book, I think, uh, because given the, uh, the cultural challenges we face, if we, don't, uh, if we don't retain our own children, then everything else is lost. So, yes, I would say that comes down to the most important part of the book. And, and I just went through while we were waiting for you. I, I, all of our kids went to church every Sunday with us, as I did growing up. But it was never the most urgent and highest priority because it was a Christian culture and they would get it from school. Yeah, we did it. But we didn't right. think of it in those terms. You're really drawing a line underneath this and saying you have got to do this. It's your last defense. That's right. You know, we are now in the midst of what uh, I know you'll remember Paul Hollander called the adversary culture. And uh, and and Christian families and Christian churches are the last bulwarks uh, against an encroaching uh, secularizing culture that will be increasingly hostile. I mean, right down to issues of uh, of of the most basic way your children will live. And uh, if we don't live biblically, and uh, if we don't live according to Christian principles, we can't possibly believe that our children will do so. Now, Al, there is an, in the culture, there is in a human history, a cycle. And I, I always describe it as stability, followed by crisis, followed by revolution, counter-revolution, restoration, reform, and stability. It's a very, very well-documented cycle. I think we're in the counter-revolution politically, but I think we're in the crisis culturally. How do you view us where we are? Well, I like your layout there. I'll simply say it remains to be seen to me if this is actually a counter-revolution uh, or this is just some kind of, uh, kind of you know, skirmish that, uh, that will not last long. Unfortunately, conservatives just don't control much of the cultural production at all. That's why I'm so thankful that you do what you do, and that's why I'm as active in output as I am. But uh, we don't get to control Hollywood, the mass media, uh, the, the blob, uh, as some might call it. And so in that sense, uh, I'm not sure how much of a counter-revolution it is. I hope it is. Now, but when it comes to— Go ahead. Go ahead. I was just going to say, but when it comes to uh, Christians in the United States and in much of the West, uh, we've got to move into that mode of being resistance, happy, joyful in Christ, but but a resistance to this culture. You began the book. I was very cheered to see you quoting Dominion. I've had Tom Holland on this show. 
I yeah. then read everything else he'd written. I think Tom yeah. Holland is in a transition to becoming an acknowledged Christian. Yeah. But what you we're living on the fumes of 2,000 years of Christianity right now. So without a right. restoration of the church, there aren't going to be there isn't going to be new fuel in the tank. Correct. No, no, the absolutely the cultural deposit that made this civilization possible is historic biblical Christianity, and uh, once that once that's been evacuated, we've been you know you, I think you said living off the fumes. You know, we're living off a dissipating inheritance, and uh, there isn't any other cultural capital to pour into this. There's there's nothing else to help sustain uh, human dignity, the sanctity of human life, uh, the the reality of human rights is something other than merely procedural and positive. Uh, you know, the uh, the Christian worldview tells us that these things are so because God has made them so. Uh, that's, a, that's a much different anchor than saying, for now, Congress and the Supreme Court say they're so. You actually say on page 186, God, truth, liberty. That's the bottom line. You've got to make right. truth claims about God and about freedom, or you cannot stand on the position that you hold. The culture yeah. punishes people who do that, Dr. Mueller. Absolutely. But on the other hand, no one else can actually explain any kind of foundational basis for human rights. You know, we believe that human beings have rights. Well, why? Well, even in the Declaration of Independence, it spoke of our creator uh, endowing us with certain unalienable rights. If uh, if there isn't a creator and some objective ground of those rights, then where do they come from? The European Court of Human Justice? Uh, you know, the, the, the U.S. Congress? Uh, you just go down the list. I, I mean, I hope not the, the history department at Yale. Uh, you know, if, if there's not a transcendent ground for these values, then they're going to disappear pretty quickly. Now, Dr. Mueller, let's talk about the most troubling part of the gathering storm. It's your picture of the millennials and the post-millennials. And 54 to 39 percent, they hate conservatives. They hate Republicans. Now, I looked at that and I said, I'm a glass half full guy. Oh, we have to change 14 percent of them and then we'll be even again. But yeah. the millennials are wearing down under an accumulated burden of their past, as you describe it on social media. Would you explain that problem? Because I don't think people think about it until you put it so perfectly in the gathering storm. Well, thank you, Hugh. You know, every generation inherits from the generation before it. And what uh, the, the Generation Z and the millennials inherited was kind of an exhausted uh, cultural and, and moral argument. And, and they've grown up in a context in which the thou shalt and the thou shalt nots have been created by artificial entities such as Hollywood and uh, and and again the, this uh, adversary culture, and so for many of them any specific uh, Christian truth claim or uh, or or even uh, resistance claim you know concerning sexuality or gender, uh, it's as if the culture then uh, parks a bus right on their foot, and uh, they just feel crushed all the time and uh, you know just imagine an 18 year old showing up on a major college or university campus moving in the dorm and immediately people try to figure out you know are you cool or not and uh, anyone resisting this massive cultural transformation isn't cool it's very hard not to be cool let me ask you in our last question dr Mueller, about the gathering storm the best bit of news. I want you to tell me the best thing, the most encouraging thing. You know, I think it's the growth of Hillsdale, of Boyce College, of Colorado Christian University. I think that's the yeah. best news. What do you think is the best news? Let me just uh, say a, a hearty affirmation to that. I appreciate you mentioning Boyce College. It is it is an extremely happy thing. You mentioned Hillsdale and Colorado Christian. 
uh, I know and, and uh, have been on all those campuses. That's a very happy thing. Let me tell you one very happy thing behind it, and this will make you happy. Uh, conservatives are having babies. And uh, out, out the rest uh, of the world, uh, out babying uh, the rest of the world. Uh, I, I recalled, I was reading Rick Atkinson's uh, first volume on the American Revolution, and it was just, just reminded and couldn't help smiling when I heard Benjamin Franklin say back to the British, we have quite a manufacture of men. Uh, <laughs> and course, uh, we, we're producing babies. And so that's a good thing. That's a good thing. It's, it's, it's very much like Jeremiah, the Old Testament. What do you do when there's a challenge? You have babies and you raise them uh, in Christian love, in the Christian family, in the nurture and admonition of the Lord. And your resistance culture is probably right now screaming in a crib. Yeah, Rod Dreher said mm-hmm. uh, family is the most important thing in times when the curtain comes down. The Gathering Storm makes the same point. Right. Uh, has, has it been heard by churches and by pastors and by the community of faith? Yeah, you, you know, Hugh, I'll say I think it's been heard because there's been kind of a desperation to hear what in the world do these things mean? How, how do I connect these dots? That's, that's why I use the, the title, The Gathering Storm. And uh, and what do we do? You know, if if it were just a diagnosis of uh, the sinking of the Titanic, that wouldn't be all that helpful. But there are things we can do. And uh, I mean, you're doing it every day on your program and uh, and in your columns. There are things we can do. So let's just get out and do them. You know, uh, joyful conservatives are the most disconcerting force in this kind of society. Uh, You and Arthur Brooks back to back. Uh, We can turn back anything. The Gathering Storm by Dr. Albert Moeller. It's in bookstores everywhere. Go out and get it, America. I really, really believe you need to read this. Thank you, Doctor. Thanks for listening to the Town Hall Review. Our program is coming today in partnership with the Pepperdine Graduate School of Public Policy. It's America's most unique graduate leadership programs offered on Pepperdine's breathtaking campus in Malibu, California. Learn more at publicpolicy.pepperdine.edu. If you're enjoying the podcast, please tell a friend to go to Town Hall Review and sign up as well today. This is Owen Strand for townhall.com. In the film No Country for Old Men, a sheriff played by Tommy Lee Jones recounts a dream. He saw his father riding a horse, going on ahead to make a fire somewhere out in all that dark and all that cold, and I knew that whenever I got there, he'd be there. The Coen Brothers film wasn't political, but these words resonate today. Hopelessness abounds, lockdowns continue, marriages suffer, children languish, and politics divide. Many years ago, a wise man said to his followers that they should love their neighbor. Christ's words promised to galvanize us in the wake of a bitter election. We must love our neighbor in divided days. We should not fall prey to hate or insufferability. We should go on ahead and make a fire somewhere in the dark and work to prepare a better country for our children and for citizens yet to be born. I'm Owen Strand. The Pepperdine Graduate School of Public Policy. Impacting policy decisions today. Preparing public leaders for tomorrow. Learn more at publicpolicy.pepperdine.edu.